Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 151 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and today I'm so excited to be sitting down with Kyra Matthews, aka Kyra the Bold, an incredible coach who helps creatives create unshakable confidence. Now, confidence is something that is so key when you run a business. I talk a lot about business and marketing strategy, taking action, coming up with plans, but that's not the whole of the puzzle because you can have all of the plans and all of the strategy in the world, but if you don't have the mindset and the confidence to be able to action and implement that consistently, then you're not going to get very far. And that is why in this episode, I wanted to sit down with Kyra, who is just such a refreshing voice when it comes to confidence. She is a walking example of what it looks like to really step into yourself, to really be you, and to see that when you be and bring you success follows. We had such an interesting conversation. It was my first in real life recording in, I don't know how long, I think since pre-pandemic. So we got a little bit overexcited at times, but we basically just explored everything around the topic of confidence, what it is, how we build it. Kyra gave some amazing analogies, some of them to do with um, going through rivers, which I'll let you understand when you get to it. But without further ado, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and you might hear towards the end us teasing a possible part two over on Kyra's podcast. So if that's something you wanna hear, do let us know. But without further ado, let's get into it. This is a conversation with Kyra Matthews on all things confidence. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first in-person recording in a year and probably two months. I feel so honoured. I'm so grateful. It's so <laughs> nice to see someone in front of me and like you're, what is it, 3D instead of 2D? I know. It's weird. Like I remember when I met one of my clients like in real life for the first time, I was like, oh my God, like you have shoulders <laughs> and you have an arm. You have like all of these things about your body. I'm like... It's so lovely seeing someone in the flesh. Yes. And I think I have to hold myself back from just like stroking people. Yeah. Because yeah. it just feels quite surreal yeah. and exciting. Yeah. I will say I'm not desperate for the hugging to come back with all people. Mm. I kind of might be using that as an excuse, I think, for the next six months when I don't want to hug someone. I'm like, oh, pandemic. Yeah. I actually did that to like, I had like a distant family friend. No, a distant family member see me in public and I saw them approaching me with open arms and I just oh, went, no. Oh my God, sorry, no. Sorry, COVID. <laughs> and then you see it and you're mate, you're like, get me out. Yeah, you're like, literally like, don't care, like get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's the best thing ever. I mean, for you, you we were talking before we hit record, you started your business literally the very start of lockdown. Yeah. So how exciting that you're going to, like, you're about to discover the joys of like in-person events and recordings and panels and retreats. And like, I, yeah. I feel excitement on your behalf at, what a joy that's going to be. Do you know what? I'm. It's so weird because right before lockdown, so lockdown was in March. So maybe it was like the December of 2019. I was so set on like doing like lots of speeches, lots of talks, being in front of an audience. I used to do this like visualization where literally I would imagine myself on a stage and Oprah mm. would be there with me. And right. I actually manifested so much out of those visualizations. But, and then I did some in-person speaking events, loved it. But now the thought of doing them, there is like a lot of like, oh my God, I'm going to be leaving my house. I'm going to be like standing in front of a crowd. Yeah. It's like a mixture of excitement and yeah. like, holy shit, like that's yes. next. Yes. You know? I think that's the best mix yeah. of feelings though. I think yeah. if you're ever 
pure one or the other. Something's up. Like yeah. you should feel equal amounts of excitement and fear. And yeah. I think that's when that's when you know you're doing the big stuff. Yeah, like totally. It's it's interesting because it requires it requires something of you to like show up on Instagram, to do an Instagram live, to do a story, to host a session, to host many sessions with many different people. And I think sometimes, or at the beginning of my business, I definitely imagined that like, oh, like you just get good at this and like, that's it. Like you just, there's just some level that you reach. And then life is just like forever, Mm -hmm. rainbows, daisies, amazingness. (laughs) And then you realize that no, there's always going to be something that you're wanting to up level. There's always going to be, something more for you to step into which is such a beautiful opportunity mm-hmm. but it just means that you get really comfortable and good at one thing yeah. and then you're like okay the roller coaster's coming again yeah, like yeah. so that's like super fun but it's also kind of like I feel so ready for it like I can mm-hmm. handle the challenges that come my way because I'm like I know how you like move through a challenge yeah do you know what that topic is showing up in almost every single podcast episode right now I think it I guess because it's my podcast maybe it's something that I'm like really thinking through and it seems a lot of people are as well of that idea of it's never a destination in business you reach one level but you just about sometimes just about sometimes don't even get a bit comfortable yeah and then you're like right and then we're on to the next thing and I think that realization that Nothing is that destination, success, mm. confidence, contentment. It's a constant, okay, I've got it. What's next? How do we go up from here? How do we do it better next time? Mm. And I think there's something in that where we've got to learn to enjoy the journey and celebrate what's come before and not yeah. always look to what's next. Yeah, totally. But that's so it where it's like, right, we are, we're going up to that next level. Yeah, totally. And I think what you really start to find as you're going through all of these levels and you're doing all of these things is that for me you can't be attached to any one identity or any Mm -hmm. one version of yourself that you really like often when we start a business we're like we're creating them as the people that we are like we really are passionate about something like I work with a lot of creatives like they're really passionate about illustration but then you find that the next level of your business to get to the next level you have to be less passionate about the illustration and more passionate about the things that you don't like like the marketing Mm -hmm. the showing up and all of these things and for me it's just given me this this sense of like pleasure and like knowing that there isn't anything that I couldn't do or learn if I had to like I learned I taught myself how to build a website, how to host a sales call, how to coach someone, how to coach myself. Like I've learned all of these skills and it creates this sense of like resourcefulness within yourself. Yes. This trust of I can actually walk really fearlessly towards my Mm. goals because I know that whatever has come before, I've had the internal resources to Mm. overcome it and get to the other side. It creates this like fearlessness of like, I can take and handle anything. Yes. And although I think initially that light bulb moment of realizing, oh, it's not a linear journey and there's always more and there's always a next step. Although initially that can feel overwhelming, I feel like that's so quickly followed up with, oh, but that's the best thing ever because this never stops. Mm. And there are so many options of where I can take this and what this can look like. Yeah. And then when we give ourselves permission to just follow the journey and evolve as and when we need to and not feel that we need to look the same way the whole time or keep ourselves to this five-year rigid business plan I think that's when you're doing it 
the right yeah. way. I think if you know where your business is going to be in a year's time, I mean, it's a big statement to make because I appreciate some businesses need those more rigid <laughs> plans. But I think the majority of businesses are at their best when you are in the short to midterm, getting super clear, mm. super intentional. In the long term, very willing to seeing what yeah, that's going to look like totally. and what's going to be required of you in order to make that happen. Because that's, I mean, that's what facilitates it all, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like before this recording we were talking about like having the lifestyle of where you want to be like acting as if you are that person and it's like when we set these goals there's just so much that we can anticipate like on the journey of creating these things I feel like the universe is always sending us challenges and people and opportunities and situations to prepare us for what we really want and what we want our outcome to be so I love the idea that there's no way you could really know where you're going to be or where you're going to end up like that's like the magic of life. Mm. If you look at anything that you've achieved, even if you had like a really solid launch plan for something that you were launching, if you look back on how you actually achieved your goals, it's really likely that there was something random that happened where you couldn't have predicted it. So if you can't predict what would have happened in your past, there's no way you can predict what's gonna happen in your future and how it's gonna be delivered to you. So that allows you to step into this really sense of like being present with your emotions and your experience because you're like, all these emotions are gonna come, they're gonna go. But I know in the end, this experience, whatever it is, positive or negative, is gonna serve me for who I'm wanting to become Mm. and who I'm wanting to be. God, I could just sit and listen to you talk about it all day. It's so true. And I think it's it's getting your expectations in the right place. Mm. And in doing so, you give yourself so much permission to just let it be yeah. what it needs to be. And you you take the pressure off. You're no longer going like, right, it needs to look like this. I need to do it this way. But you stay connected to the things that are important and yeah. you let all of the details of what that's going to look like and how that's going to work, you let that figure itself out. I'm interested because I think one of the biggest things that I've learned in my years of business in talking about that idea of, you know, nothing's a destination. It's a constant work in progress. You're always leveling up is that I used to think that confidence and having confidence was a thing that you achieved. Mm. I would look at people online or people that I admire and I think, right, they have confidence. They have achieved confidence. They've ticked that box. (laughs) They've got it. And the more that I run my business, the more I realize oh, okay, confidence is actually more of a verb than Mm. something that you actually achieve. It's something you step into. With that, you know, as someone who speaks about confidence a lot and supports other people in their, I don't know how you'd phrase it, journeys with or relationships with confidence, is is that something that you notice a lot of people expecting is like, oh, I'm just waiting to feel confident, right? That's the, the point. Or some people aren't even waiting. They feel like it's not even an option on the table for them. So I attract a lot of people who are, maybe a little bit more reserved. They describe themselves as introverted, shy, quiet to mm-hmm. themselves. And so when we give ourselves these labels, introvert, like like being introverted, and they use the label of being introverted in a negative way. Like mm-hmm. I'm introverted, so I can't show up and like go all in on my launches. I'm introverted, so I don't really like talking about my business. What they're saying to me is like, because this is how I am, that confidence isn't an option for me. Mm. However, what I get people to really understand is that confidence isn't like having, you can't, it's not about having, confidence is an emotion. Sadness is an emotion, happiness is an emotion. 
so confidence is an emotion. There yeah. is no emotion. There's no other emotion in terms of our human experience where you would say, oh, it's not possible for me to feel happiness. It's not possible for me to feel sadness or disappointment. Mm. All of us have felt this huge range of emotions through different parts of our lives. Mm. If that is true, it means that you can also feel confidence and actually being introverted or shy or reserved has nothing to do with your ability to feel confident to get the job done. Yeah, And so it's that shift of confidence isn't as much a personality trait, as much as it's an emotion that I can generate inside myself. When you understand that you can generate your emotions, you get to choose how you want to feel about your life, about your business. Mm. And when you learn how to do that, you really stop waiting for this like magical thing to come down and bless you with confidence. And you start really getting really in tune with your body, with your brain, the thoughts inside your brain Mm. and your body. And, you know you start to realize that everything that you are looking for from outside, all the permission, all the wanting the validation, mm. all of that starts inside. Yeah. So well, gooey and cringy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though. And we were talking about this before we hit record. The thing that we are most consistent with is what we believe mm. ourselves to be. And our understanding of our identity mm. is the most impactful thing in our lives because that is what we match our behavior to yeah so if we have this piece of like I am shy I am introverted and I could go on a whole tangent here because introverted does not mean that you're shy introverted (laughs) just means that when you are really tired you recharge by being on your own I'm so introverted I spent last night in a lovely Airbnb with friends I went to bed at like 10 p.m they were up for hours for chatting because I'm an introvert and I needed that like time on my own you know house parties I go and escape to the toilet for 10 minutes because I'm an introvert (laughs) but then I step out into the party and I'm chatting with loads of people and loud and it's I think we think that means so much more about us than it actually does and I wonder for some people whether that becomes a bit of a self-sabotage thing of like well if I decide that that's my identity I almost then give myself the permission to not try and step into that confidence and face the fears that sit on the other side of taking that action like 100% like literally getting chills as you're speaking because I feel like that's so much of what it is we oftentimes we want to create new results in our lives and our business but we don't want to change anything about our lives or and our businesses we don't want to go on Instagram more we don't want to produce more work we don't want to raise our prices but we want a different result at the end of the month we want a different result at the end of the year when you're in that place of you're trying to control everything outside of you to get your result instead of changing what you can actually control which is your identity your thoughts your feelings and your actions those are actually the only things you have control in when you aren't owning that what happens is you become in this sort of I see it all the time this like tug of war frustration of oh oh like I launched something and no one bought like it's not working I guess it's just not gonna work well actually what your environment and what your results are telling you is that you need to change how you're showing up in order to create a new result you need to change your thoughts and feelings that you're having in order to create a new result because your thoughts and feelings impact your action and action is the only thing that gets result in business in life in any context totally 
And when it comes to our identities, our personality is so much a part of that. So for a lot of people being introverted or being confident, Mm. we feel like it comes from our personality. When you actually look at what your personality is, if you Google it, a personality is simply a collection of thoughts that impact choices that are chosen over and over again. Yeah. So if someone is naturally very quick-witted, it means that they are often having thoughts about being quick-witted. If someone identifies with being confident, they are often having a lots of thoughts and making choices mm. that leads to that confidence. Because it's a loop of affirmation, right? 100%. If you think a certain way, your actions reinforce that, then the results and evidence mm. that you get reinforce your thoughts, and that's a constant Exactly. And that's where it is. If someone is identifying as shy or they're feeling like very reserved or Mm. maybe they're deciding that like that introversion, like we said, is like, oh, because I'm introverted, I can't do these things. What it is, is that you are in that cycle of going around and reaffirming that identity or even that limitation that you think you have. You're reaffirming it with all of your results, the people in your life everything you reaffirm with, I'm shy, I can't do this. I'm shy, I can't do this. Actually breaking that cycle and deciding to choose different thoughts, make different choices Mm -hmm. is the hardest part to change and growth because these are often thoughts that we've been thinking for so long, for so many years, they're habitual Mm -hmm. that thinking something new and deciding to step into something new almost feels like you are burning the house down yeah and it feels unsafe doesn't it because so unsafe our identities feel safe to us yeah and changing that feels scary and as humans one of our basic needs is safety so Mm. understandably our brains are like no no we're not doing that because that doesn't keep us in this safe space totally and I think something that's interesting that I know so a lot definitely with myself and with other people when I talk them not not talk them through it because this isn't what I do in my coaching I'd be awful at it I'd just be like "Mm, Um, but something that I find quite interesting is that it kind of feels like it's all or nothing so we might be in that cycle really identifying as shy or I don't have the confidence or I can't put myself out there and we think the next step is being at the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> yeah. right? Dancing on tables, like, yeah. do you want to buy? You yeah, want to yeah, buy? Yeah. They might look at <laughs> someone like yourself and go, yeah. right, well, that's how confident, that's how me I want to be. Yeah. So how do I take a step today that's going to make me that? And I think, mm. you know, correct me if this is wrong, confidence is a muscle yes. and it's the small baby steps and you don't get to that end point and end identity instantly, interrupting that cycle isn't an overnight thing. It's small, consistent action and kind of rewriting your story, right? And in a way, I'm no neuroscientist, but like rewiring your brain to learn this new way of showing up in this new identity. Yeah, totally. And there's so many layers to what you just said. Like as you were talking, I saw like images flash between my eyes because it's like when you see someone on Instagram and you decide, oh my gosh, their life looks amazing. They look amazing. They're killing it. I want to be like them. It's a really unfair comparison to make. Even if you admire this person and you're like, they're amazing. What is actually happening is on Instagram, you're seeing such a small part of their life. You actually don't know how they've got there. I like to describe what you see on Instagram. It's like 
so in my town there's a road that I love to walk down and I walk down the road and they all have their curtains open and I like have a little peek into the houses and like I look at their kitchens and I'm like oh my god like this is amazing but Instagram is almost like looking into someone's living room window and deciding that their whole life looks like what you can see in that living room window and you compare that to the whole of your house yeah every single cupboard every corner yeah and you can see all your drawers the drawers where you put stuff in or you're like your letters in and you're like oh my gosh like this is not good like Mm -hmm. I can't have this and you have no idea what's going on the other side of that Mm -hmm. person what they're going through and so in terms of taking those small steps and like those baby steps as you said to rewiring I actually feel like you have to stop looking outside at the examples this is how I kind of describe it. You have to sell yourself on the process. You have to sell yourself on, this is where I want to go and this is the vision for my life. And we often do that by looking at other people. When we see it externally, we believe that it's possible for us. But there's this moment when you decide to go on this journey, You, I actually think that you have to stop looking at these people that you admire. Stop looking at these other people in your community who are doing similar things to you that you love because as you step into what your own version of that will look like, you need to be 100% present on what's going on for you. You won't be able to find the answer looking at them. You have to find the answer looking at you, looking at your own thoughts, your own beliefs, your lim- what you think is a limitation about yourself, the actions that you're taking. And that has to be your whole focus in order to get to that vision and to be at that level that you saw yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. 100%. And everyone's definition or version of confidence looks wildly different, right? Yeah. You can look at someone and go, right, Kyra, she is so incredibly confident. And they can use that as proof that it's possible mm. to be confident and human and step into mm. yourself and everything that you want to be with confidence. But I guess that's as far as you'd want to take it. Yeah. Because yes. the way that you use confidence and what that means for you is going to look wildly different to me or to someone else listening. And I guess that's part of it as well for the people that might identify as maybe a bit quieter, a bit more reserved, a bit more shy. Confidence doesn't have to look a certain way. Totally. It's totally up to you to decide what that looks like. Yeah. And I guess that's where slightly putting the blinkers on and using the people as proof that it's possible and then just looking in it yourself. Yeah, totally. Because also like, as you go on this journey, you enter something called the river of misery. <laughs> right, put my seatbelt on, take it away. So I'm going to compare it to roller skating because I love a good metaphor. So I'm learning to roller skate. So first I started by going onto YouTube and watching all of these amazing skaters. They're doing spins, dancing, amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want that to be be Mm -hmm. me. So then I buy a pair of roller skates. As soon as I put on my roller skates and start learning how to roller skate, I enter the river of misery. Essentially it's, It describes the challenges that you're going to face from where you are, like your point A, to your point B and where you want to go. It's called the river of misery because you're going to be battling yourself to overcome yourself Mm -hmm. to create a new identity. So in terms of roller skating, when you see people on YouTube, you don't actually see the muscle... Like, so true. The muscle that you take. You see the, the end of the river. You, you don't see the see end going through. The, I'm with yeah. you now. I yeah. get the river of misery. So you see, you don't see the muscle that it takes. You don't see the falls. You don't feel the falls when you're watching them. You don't 
And you also don't understand and don't have a concept of the amount of rehearsal and practice it takes to do one thing once perfectly, okay? And so I put on my roller skates, I start to enter the river of misery and all that the river of misery is, is this realization of, oh, I'm gonna have to fall over, get really bruised, not be able to sit down on my ass for a couple of days in order to create that result. It's this acknowledgement that, Every goal that you have requires anxiety. It requires fear. It requires dread. It requires saying that you were going to go and practice before work and waking up and not wanting to do it, but going anyway. That is the river of misery. It's this, I feel like it's a very loving way to say that it's going to be challenging, but you're here for it. You're all in for the ride. Yeah. It's part of the process. Yeah. And I honestly think one of the biggest disservices we can do ourselves in business is assume that everyone else is not feeling the Mm. fear, the anxiety, the dread, the challenges, the failures, because we don't see a lot of that. It's easy for us to think, hey, they just have the end result. They just get the shiny stuff. And when we assume that they don't experience those things, Mm. we think that we should be waiting for those feelings to pass. Whereas like successful people still experience all the feels. They've just learned how to take action despite feeling the feels. And again, I reiterate with what I said before, that's not an overnight thing. I think it takes a little baby step. You know, you feel the fear Mm. and you go, okay, let's maybe not fully do it with the fear, but let's Mm. just take the first step towards it. And then you go, oh, okay, that wasn't, too bad the fear didn't actually happen what I was thinking might come as a result of that action maybe didn't and it's slowly building up that I guess it's resilience isn't it to getting through the river of misery yeah I love that (laughs) (laughs) and we're all in the I don't think the river ever ends yeah I genuinely think in growing and running a business and everything that that takes as you begin to then scale and level up I don't think it gets easier but I think you begin to understand that the river of misery is part of the process. You get a lot better at navigating the river of misery and you also learn to kind of love it. It's slightly addicting. Yeah, it's kind of like people who go white river, is it white river rafting? White water rafting. Yeah. And you're like, I look at that and I'm like, oh my God, are you crazy? Why would you do that? But they're like all in, they want it. Like they're all there for it. And it's kind of like, that's what business is. Not everybody wants to be a business and not everybody wants to be like a personal brand kind of business. It's not for everyone, but for those who can like be with the river of misery and like really enjoy it and learn how to swim and like drown a little and like save yourself a little. Like it's so fun. Like I'm so here for it. So all in. I wouldn't have my life any other way. Like bring it literally. Yeah. And it's the more you meet other people that are in the river of misery as well. It doesn't even feel like the river of misery. It's We're just true. hanging out in it's our little true. boats, figuring it's so it out. True. It, yeah, like it's true on so many levels. It's so interesting. You said something that, oh, you assume that like, successful people aren't feeling the feels. Mm. And I have so much to say on that because in February of 2021, I started working with a therapist and I remember telling her some things about what I was feeling challenged with. And she was like, oh yeah, you're suffering from social anxiety. And I remember putting down that call with her calling my friend and being like, this therapist thinks I've got social anxiety. And then my friend was like, it makes so much sense and no sense at the whole time because my friend had this vision of me being like the most confident person in a room. Like I'm definitely the person that like, if you're you're in a restaurant and you don't like your food, you need to give it to me so I can get you a refund. <laughs> like, 
I am that person who's like, can I speak to you, the manager? And I'm definitely like, if I set a goal, like you can guarantee that it's going to be done. And so when we were working together through the therapy to process some of my anxieties, I really realized how human it is to feel really confident in some areas and to also feel challenged in others and how allowing it to be loving both sides of yourself is the human experience. And it made me think like, there's so many people watching me who don't know this about me, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not that I'm keeping it a secret. I just kind of, I needed some time to process it and get with it myself. And there's so many people who are watching me thinking she's just got it. And oh my gosh, I sound so vain, but watching anyone on Instagram thinking yeah, they've just got it. it, like they're just good. When the truth is that everybody's life is 50, 50. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest lessons that I learned from my coach that everybody no matter how much money, how success, how many clients they have, how many followers, they're having a life that is 50% positive, 50% negative. If that is true for everyone, what are you going to make it mean about the comparison? What are you going to make it mean about the things that you're seeing on Instagram? What are you going to make it mean for your life? So true. <laughs> so true. I'm just, my silence there was just my brain taking that in. Because what, what you said there about it's it's being a human Mm. is having two truths that exist that seemingly don't agree with each other, but they absolutely sit next to each other. And it's stepping into your confidence every single day, showing up as you, putting yourself out there, proving that you can do more than you did Mm. yesterday. Yet alongside that, feeling damn scared a lot of the time and doubting (laughs) yourself and not quite knowing if you can do it. And I think it's, it's letting those two coexist and knowing how you kind of lower the volume I guess Mm -hmm. on the more challenging doubtful side of things but don't see it as a red flag that it's still there yeah then for me the the moment where I was like oh it's okay that I question Mm -hmm. my own ability and actually that's part of what makes me good is that I'm constantly questioning it because it keeps me on my toes and it keeps me leveling up now of course if I amplify that fear it can then become debilitating and it's then not being healthy it's just being annoying mm. but if you let it sit like kind of just let it sit in the corner yeah you're like look you're here no one invited you to the party but for, <laughs> you, you bring something to it so crack on but you know what where I'm going to focus all of my energy and attention is to mm. this more positive side and this side that doesn't let me listen to that yeah it's so true. It's like for anything in life, you can find as many reasons for why that's a good thing as you can reasons why it's a bad thing. If you try to go buy something on Amazon and you try and look at the reviews and use the reviews to do that, you can find hundreds of reviews of yeah. why that product is like the worst thing, don't buy it. Hundreds of reviews of why you should buy it, it's amazing, it's the best. There's always gonna be evidence for and against whatever subject that you're looking at. Mm. And even with yourself, there's always gonna be evidence that you can have for why you're worthy and deserving and the perfect person Mm. to do what you wanna do, as much as you can find evidence for why you shouldn't do it and it's the wrong thing to do and why you should stay at home and just hide under the duvet. The challenge is, and the question, I think for us as humans is to decide which side are we gonna put our focus on? Yeah, which which one are you gonna turn the volume up on and? Exactly. I love that so much. It's like, you have to be super conscious about 
where your brain wants to naturally go. And usually our brain naturally wants to lean to the negative, fearful, I don't want to do it. I want to hide under the duvet. Mm. But if you know that about yourself, use that into your goal setting, like plan ahead, say to yourself, okay, brain, I know you're going to freak out about this, Mm. but here's what we're going to do when those negative voices come in. Here's what we're going to do when I get really anxious before I go on that call. Here's what we're going to do when after I do an Instagram live and I'm telling myself that I didn't make sense and nobody listened and all this stuff, like you can build how you're going to respond to the negative self-talk into how you approach your business. Mm. So you're not like resisting it, trying to like push it away, which I think actually creates negative results. Mm. We're approaching our business and our goals from a place of love saying, you know, I get scared sometimes. I experience anxiety sometimes, but I'm gonna love myself Mm -hmm. through those moments. It's become like a really core part of who I am, this idea I tell everybody this but I have this like philosophy for myself that I always treat myself with love and respect regardless of what is going on I don't care if someone feels that I've really offended them if I post something and it hasn't done well if I've launched something and it makes zero sales I'm always going to treat myself with love and respect so what are we going to do next yeah there's no self there's no beating myself up there's no like you should have done it better It's like, these things are all external and I'm a whole human Mm. learning how to operate and grow in this world. Mm. And if we take it back to that cycle of how we view ourselves, Mm. you know, our beliefs, our values, they impact our actions, Mm. which in turn impacts our evidence and our results. Stepping into your confidence is about intercepting it at that first piece, right? How you view yourself. And as humans, we love evidence. Our, Our brains, they want some tangible evidence that tells us whether we should or shouldn't do something so if you're stuck in that cycle in quite a negative way then of course you've got all the evidence to say (laughs) that it's a bad idea to put yourself out there or that people don't care about what you have to bring or that saying yes to that opportunity is going to be a bad thing I guess it's recognizing right even though I don't have the evidence yet that this is the right thing Mm. I actually haven't given myself the opportunity to get the right evidence and if you step into the identity let the action follow and then get the evidence for it, it then reinforces that. You know, if I think back to my last, my last year, no, I don't know what my last year in business will be, hopefully not this one, <laughs> touch wood. Uh, my first year of business, that's definitely what, looking back, I didn't know I was doing it at the time, but that's what I did. I didn't know that I could run a business. I didn't have the evidence that told me I was good at that time as a social media manager, as a business owner. I had to step into the identity and go, right, I am good at this. I know what I'm talking about. Don't get me wrong. I was still very open to learning. I wasn't arrogant. I wasn't closed off from all of the learning curves I was going to have to have. But I first set my identity and then kind of stepped into the action with a bit of like, oh, this feels new. You know, I don't fully trust that this is (laughs) let's have a go don't get me wrong it was a lot of googling what seo meant under the table and heading to the toilet in the middle of meetings and just what in the world are they talking i do not know but slowly as i went round that cycle it the the muscle grew and i begun to get the evidence back that said yeah you do know what you're talking about you do have these strengths you do have this ability it's safe when you do this it's good actually it's good for the world when you step into this when you take this level up And then it just begins to reinforce that cycle. And it is that muscle where the more that you 
tentatively believe. I think for me, it was like a naive belief. I was like, there's like 2% of me that thinks I've got this. Let's just see what happens when we listen to that 2%. And then after a few months, that 2% becomes the loudest voice in your head. Yes. The hardest part is trusting yourself and trusting that you can... That's it. That you can be okay, that you can jump and you're going to have your own back. Mm. I feel like when it comes to manifestation, because I talk a lot about this on my platforms... Often people come to me thinking, oh, like, could you just teach me the, like, you know, the things I need to do so the universe can just put that car in my driveway, put that money in my account. I don't actually feel like it's the universe doing something for you as much as it's like the universe is walking with you. So if you're walking to a destination where you feel like you're going to hit that goal, you feel like it's possible for you to create that result or that outcome, the universe is always matching your energy. You may as well show up. You may as well go all in. A way that I kind of create safety around this very scary thing is I create like a belief container. And what that could look like, it's like sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's really fun if you do it for a period of 90 days, but you basically create a container of time where you say, I'm going to show up for this and I am not going to stop. I am going to go all in and I'm going to believe that anything is possible. Sometimes I use this when I'm doing a piece of work that's just been on my to-do list and I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do this. Yeah. Sometimes I'm using this if I'm wanting to get into a new income level in my business. The idea is that you create a container of time where you allow yourself to like believe with like no holdbacks and no resistance that you are worthy and deserving of success. It's so fun because as you do that, you create the evidence. Mm -hmm. So let's say you decide you're going to send a bunch of emails, you're going to pitch to people, maybe an article or something, and you're like, just for the next 60 minutes, I'm going to really believe that I can do it. And I'm going to really believe anything is possible. Yeah. You do that. There's so much magic that will come back out of response of you taking that, those actions, mm. the replies that people you will get from people and the things that will happen because you've taken that action is so fun. And what I love about that is it acknowledges that there's an element of consistency and time that's involved as yeah. well. Yeah. It's not step into this identity, take the action. And in two minutes time, you're going to have the, (laughs) you know, have the evidence that reinforces the belief. And hey, there you go. You're now a confident person. Some things it takes months, weeks, maybe even years of constantly reinforcing that belief, Mm. not based off of evidence, but based off of your own self-trust before you get any of the evidence back that actually reinforces that from an external perspective yeah and that's where I mean that that's the grit isn't it it's going (laughs) I cannot see this loop closing yet nothing has told me that I am on the right track but you know what I trust myself yeah and my ability to get to wherever it is that I want to be enough that if I keep connected to this belief and identity and I keep taking the action that comes off the back of that because it's not that alone, right? Mm. You can't just believe that you're something. It's then what you do with that Mm. belief that creates a result. That's then where the change happens. And that's not glamorous. That's not shiny. You don't see people shouting about that part because it feels tough. It feels boring. It feels tricky. It's like, damn it, we're stepping into a new identity again. Like this is a, a level up. Yeah, it's definitely very messy, like a very messy Mm. part of the human experience. Like, (laughs) I love 
I really love emotions. I love how you can like feel really sad about something and then feel really happy about something. And I love how you can have one thing that you used to make you feel really sad and then you can turn it on its head and you're like, oh, actually, I'm so happy that happened now because I learned all of this and now I'm this kind of person and it's really served me in where I want to go. I'd be interested, any kind of like you shared then yeah. of that belief container, which I yeah. love, for people who are in that like first few cycles, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, for the first time tentatively believing that maybe they have got this and mm-hmm. dipping their toe into stepping into their confidence and taking that action with that self-trust there. Any tips on like how people can actually keep that self-trust and begin to change that mm-hmm. kind of identity loop because it's it's easier sitting here and yeah, going yeah we're on the other side of it we've we've seen that it works out we swam the river right <laughs> but i knew in that first year of business when i was so unsure and really just trusting that tiny tiny voice that maybe said i got this like that was tough I, I mean, I'll leave it open to you. Encouragement, tips, anything for people that are in that phase. Yeah. So the really good thing about a belief container, why it's different from just saying, oh, I'm just going to set a goal and I'm just going to, when it happens, this happens. It's because you have a really clear start date and a really clear end date. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that before you start, you decide, okay, I'm going to do this. This is the outcome that I want. This is what I think will get me there. I'm just going to go in and try So you enter this belief container, usually about halfway through, you realize what you thought was going to get you to your goal is not the thing. You have this like little panic almost every single time for every goal. Like it's just like planned and you are still in that belief container. So you're still like going through, going through, going through. You come to the end of that cycle. So if that belief container was 60 minutes or if it was 60 days, you're going to come to the end of that cycle. It's really important then that you step into, like in a very practical sense, you review what happened over those 60 days, those 90 days. As you are going through that belief container, it's gonna be really tempting to want to edit yourself, to want to try and be like, oh, maybe I should have done this and maybe I should have done that. It's really important that when you are moving through it, you are taking the action and you're not trying to sort of analyze your behavior while you're doing it. The end of the belief container is where you analyze, you get all the data. What did I create? What happened? For a lot of the times when I first started doing this at the beginning, in the first few months of my business, what I found is I actually created what I feared because I was rehearsing what I feared in my brain as I was going through that belief container. So I would be like, I w- it would be horrible if nobody bought this. Like I'd be launching and it'd be like, what if no one buys? Like that would be the worst. I would hate that. So I'm having all these thoughts and I'm reacting to what it would be like if I made zero sales at the end of a launch. So I get to the end of the analysis where I'm evaluating and I'm like, oh, so if I practice failure in my brain while I'm taking the action, that actually creates my failure. And so every time you go through these containers, you are going to learn something new about your what you have to think, how you have to feel and the actions that you need to take. Mm, because at that point is all that you can control yeah if you're too quick to expect or look at the evidence and the results you're likely going to get distracted from the action that's actually going to get you that end result that you want yeah totally and it's simply just that 
you really need to step into something really larger than yourself. And if you're trying to criticize, you're trying to edit and you're trying to evaluate as you go along, it's like if you've ever tried to write a piece of writing and instead of just writing it, you're trying to edit it as you go. It's a lot longer to try and edit as you're going instead of just writing that piece of writing. And so often when we're trying to like, oh, like, is that the right thing to say? And oh, should I do that in in an email? Like, I shouldn't have done that on Instagram. We limit ourselves. We don't show up as the fullest version of ourselves. But if we say, I'm going to just do everything, I'm just going to like follow these nudges and these hints as I get them. And then I'm going to review what happens at the end. Mm. It creates this sense of no matter what is going to be the outcome of these actions, I'm going to have my back and I'm going to learn something from this. And so I always tell the story of how last year I launched five times and every single launch, even if I didn't make money or even if I didn't hit my goal, I learned something that was as valuable or more valuable than the result that I actually wanted. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we want we think that £10,000 is the answer to our problems. <laughs> no, it's not. I actually feel like it's the lessons and... Mm-hmm being the person who can create that, that is what we're actually looking for. The lessons to getting that. Are you with me? A hundred percent. When I think of the long term of my business, you know, where I want myself to be personally in however many years time, I don't see the physical. I don't see that as I have these things or I make this money. I see it as I have stepped into this identity. I'm having this impact. I'm this kind of a person. My business makes people feel this way. I am bringing these values into the world. I think when you stay focused on that as the important thing and as the end result that you want, you let what that actually looks like practically be whatever it needs to be. I mean, full circle, this is what we're talking about in the start of the episode (laughs) of, I think that's your business then at its best is when you're not staying hyper-focused on the end result you're kind of being open to whatever that's gonna look like and I think that's such a good encouragement for people that are taking those first few baby steps because once you've taken those baby steps you start to get the evidence and I think as Mm. soon as you get the evidence that reinforces that it's safe and good for you to step into yourself and be confident it's then so much easier to do it isn't it because if I have a wobble which I have a lot of hello like (laughs) none of us you know confidence isn't a destination I can look back at case studies, testimonials, kind messages, podcast reviews, whatever it is that I'm searching for. I'm in a great position now where I have a lot of the evidence that helps me to reinforce that belief that I am craving or or disagree with whatever fear or feeling that I'm having. And that idea of, I think, having that evidence bank, however small your evidence might feel, gather it because there'll be moments where you need to look back over it and remind yourself and kind of close that loop again yeah totally and one of the things with confidence is that we as humans we look into the past to create confidence for the future so if you say Mm. that you're really good at cooking like you feel like you're a confident chef what you're actually describing is the past times where you've actually cooked really well times where you've you're not actually describing the future. So when you're going into your business and you're wanting to create something that you can't see, maybe... Which, hello, is every day in business. Yeah! <laughs> I was like, literally. Business is constantly taking action for a future that you can't fully know you're able to achieve or that you fully know is possible. Exactly. <laughs> it's madness. And so it's you're stepping into something so unknown... Mm. 
every day. Like that's just like the baseline to entry. Mm. And you're needing to have confidence in something that you've never done before and something that you also can't see. Can we just take a pause to just clap every single <laughs> one of us for doing that every damn day? Like, like hello. It's a huge deal. <laughs> the only thing is, if we're trying to create confidence from how we've created it in the past, like looking to our past, and you look back into your past files and you don't see the evidence and you can't see it and you're like, oh. the thing is, is that you have to get really good. And I feel like this is kind of what you were saying, but in like my own wording, you have to step into learning the skill of how to create confidence from that future that mm. hasn't yet been birthed yet. From an internal place, yeah. right? And I think that's so, I'm so glad you've said that because I can so appreciate my answer when people are like, I'm struggling with confidence or I need to reinforce my beliefs. <laughs> I'm like, get yourself an evidence bank. When yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. what a privileged position to be in where I have an evidence mm. bank that does that. Well, what does it look like when you don't yet have yes. that evidence? Or what does it look like when that evidence doesn't satisfy you? Because yeah. you know what? There's a lot of times where I look at my evidence bank and I'm like, well, those are just screenshots. That, that doesn't actually <laughs> do anything. Not enough. It's not because it is confidence is an inside job. I say that as like a question mark. That's right, right? I've, yeah, I've concluded. One hundred percent. Yeah, like <laughs> that was a full stop there. Um, well, I said it as if I'm like a confidence coach, and then I was like, I'm not the expert here, Kyra. Is that true? Confidence one hundred percent is an inside job, but just like any other emotion, is it is an inside job. So. Fear, anxiety, worry, stress, doubt, happiness, joy, enthusiasm, they all come from inside. So much of our challenges and our suffering comes from the idea that external things control how we feel inside. Mm -hmm. So even if you do have an evidence bank of things that make you feel really good and reaffirm your evidence, what is actually happening is you're seeing something, it allows you to have a thought, you give yourself permission to think a thought about yourself that you otherwise wouldn't have given yourself permission to think, that thought then generates an emotion for you. So the thought that you have about that piece of evidence creates that emotion of confidence. If your thoughts can create your emotions, it means that you don't actually have to have anything external to prove mm. or to create confidence inside of you. I was just doing this with a client who is also going to be speaking at the conference that I'm speaking at later today. And she was like, I'm really nervous. I've never spoken before. You know, like, this is really scary. It's brand new. And I said, well, how are you going to feel after this? She was like, I'm going to feel really fulfilled. I'm going to feel so proud of myself that I did it. Mm. And I said to her, you can feel that now if you want to. You can feel that fulfillment ahead of time. You don't have to wait until it's happened in order to feel it. So then the question becomes, how can I feel fulfilled as I go into doing something mm. scary? That is so much more exciting and fun than waiting for external people to act how you need them to act in order for you to feel safe. The thing is, is that you're gonna be showing up in your business and people may not understand what you're saying for a while. It may take a little while for people to catch on to what you're doing. So if you are relying on external people to give you that confidence or that validation, then you're kind of at like a stalemate until that reveals itself. Yeah, I mean, you're not really then in the driver's seat of your business because yeah. a pretty key part of it is reliant on things that aren't within your control. Yeah. And what this almost feels like is the accurate version of fake it to make it. Yeah. Like yeah. I would look back in my first year of business and 
any year of business, in fact, and go, do you know what? Every single point I have faked it mm. till I've made it. And for me, I've never used that phrase that no. much because it doesn't feel fully accurate. And I think mm. it's a bit of a blanket statement. But what I'm referencing when I'm saying, you know, I faked it till I made it is what you're talking about here, mm. where you believe it first, you up the volume on that little voice that says, maybe I can do it. Maybe I am capable. Maybe I am good at this. You step into the action that reflects that belief and that identity you know then you make it because you get the result and evidence back yeah totally and then you keep going from there it's how you manifest I like to think about manifestation as like something that's alive the idea that everything that we have in the world has to come from a thought first you can't have the iPhone without someone thinking that it was possible to have the iPhone. You can't have a house without someone first thinking it's possible to have stairs and a roof and for it to be built of cement and not sticks. Everything in our world was born from a thought that someone had in their brain. Yeah. So it also means that every goal and everything that you're desiring, that you are thinking in your brain, you also have the tools to create it. There's mm. no reason why if we have internet and Wi-Fi and aeroplanes that you can't create also what you're thinking, mm. if that makes sense. That makes so much sense. And I think comes back to what we were saying earlier of not expecting that what that looks like in practice is everything within you yeah. believing that it's possible. Yeah. Like I think as long as 2% of you believes that your business is capable of succeeding, whatever success means to you, I'm like, that's enough. Mm. You just need one little tiny, tiny nudge of that confidence and that self-belief. Yeah. It might feel drowned out at the moment by the 98% which says that it's not <laughs> possible and the fear and the anxiety and the whatever. Don't wait for it to feel 100%. Yeah. So that's not reality, is it? As we said those two truths exist and it's learning how you turn the volume up on that 2% mm. that tells you that it's possible. And I always say this to clients when they turn up to a call and I'm not a not a mindset coach, not a, a confidence coach in any way, but naturally talking about business and marketing strategy, it all, you know, it everything, comes up, everything connects. Yeah. And if a client ever comes to a call and has that bit of a wobble of like, oh, I just don't know that, I am capable of taking the business to this next place. So I go, well, you turned up to this call. Mm -hmm. if, if no part of you believed that you could do it, you would have said, Alice, I don't want to waste our time. I'm not <laughs> going to chat to you today. Yeah. Now, right now, it might feel like 75% of you doesn't think it's possible, but I'm interested in the 25% that got you to be here on this call right now. And whatever that percentage looks like, I feel like it changes on a daily basis. Some yeah, days I'm totally. like, I am 90% self-belief today. And some days I'm like, there's 1% somewhere. I'm going to dig around and find it and cling onto it all damn day because the 99% is getting to me. Yeah. But that's what confidence really looks like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's always shifting. Never it's, looks the same. It's so practical when you talk about it like this. It's not just this random thing that you feel like you've got to catch it in the air right. and like put it on. It's like Kyra has confidence. How do I like what happened? How did she do it? What's the magic formula? Yeah. It's like there literally is no magic formula. But in the same way, there kind of is. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you you know, I'm not gonna repeat what we've talked about. People can listen to the episode again if they want a reminder of yeah, how of you course. get the confidence. But oh, I love it. Do you know it's something I wanted to talk about in this episode but maybe we'll save it for a, a part two or maybe on your podcast would be about for talking about that feedback loop mm. you know how you go from what you believe about yourself 
your action based off the back of that and then the results and evidence that you get. What happens when we have the evidence that maybe disagrees with that belief that we want? So whether that's the opinion of someone else, whether that's a troll, whether that's someone that's telling us that we're not capable. I mean, you've got a conference to get to, so we're not gonna we're not gonna dive into that in this episode. Okay, yeah. But I think that would be an interesting next conversation to have. What a cliffhanger! I love it. <laughs> because that's something that, yeah, I mean, definitely for me has been a a huge challenge over the last year is having some evidence that disagrees with that self belief that I want to have and going right. How do you? How do you move forward when you have the evidence that says you can't do it or you should or whatever? Like we could talk about that for literally hours. There's so much to unpack and yeah, no, I'm ready. I'm excited for it. I think something I'd really want to touch upon within that would be how we can have like 99 people saying that we're great. Mm -hmm. One person says we're not great. And that one person feels like they're speaking 10 times louder yeah. than the 99 put together. Yeah, yeah. you feel like think, in your bedroom and you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like with that, I experience it, but I think you have the absolute genius to explain it and to help mm. myself and other people understand, like, why is that? And how do yeah. we walk ourselves through that? And what, you know, for you, when you were saying one of your biggest values is that you are kind to and about yourself even when the evidence disagrees with that like I'm fascinated by that yeah how do you sit in that space where oh there's so much things and the the way I learned that I'll just say this the way that I learned how to treat myself with love and respect wasn't actually even through trolls I had like my own piece of evidence to say it's not working go back so in order to start my business I actually got into a lot of debt in order to start it I was okay with getting into debt and I was okay. Like it was fine with me that I bought a course on a credit card. Like that was okay with me. What I found really challenging was this, the self-talk and the shame that I had as I was paying off that debt and like having that almost on my shoulder. Mm. And it was like, I was making this balance on my credit card mean something about my ability to have success in the future. And I realized that I had so much shame that even when I had the money, I wasn't paying the credit card because I didn't want to look at it. It was this really like, I was like, I'm not looking really weird sort of like shame spiral. And then I realized that you cannot beat yourself up to success. You cannot shame yourself into getting a positive Mm -hmm. result. So a lot of us, like we have lots of negative talk, lots of self-doubt, and we think that will create the result that we want. It never, ever does. Only when you show up for yourself with love Mm. and respect, does it create the positive outcome that you're actually wanting. And so when you realize that, you sort of let go of all of the energy that you use to sort of like hate on yourself. Mm. And you're able to sit down and be like, well, how am I actually going to figure this out? How am I actually going to do this? I have so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. Well, people can go in and wait for that podcast episode, I yes. guess. We'll make yes. that happen. It's like like Netflix dropping the next hot thing, except yeah, right. it's Alice Benham and Kyra Matthews. <laughs> Coming next, that conversation. Um, Kyra, I'll leave all of your links below so people can, can go and find you. You are an absolute, like, ray of encouragement 
entertainment, inspiration, all of the things on my Instagram Thank feed. So Every time you're much. sharing your roller skating updates, I'm like glued to my phone screen. I love that you're sharing. You're sharing the river of misery. Yeah. And you know what? I respect yeah. you for it. Thank and I you. Think the world needs more people sharing their rivers of misery. So we can all make that happen. But the water's great. Like, get in. <laughs> the water's fine. It's all, I mean, I feel like you and I need to go like white water rafting now as a... Oh, never. Never. I, I mean, knowing me, I would. I would be terrified. Oh, it's fun. Anyway, like, I don't know. I just think those things are so much fun. Like jump out of a plane, bungee jump, you know, do the... Have you done all those things? I'd love to. If right now you're like, Alice, you, you can get in a plane right now, and bun- I'd like, throw, please, I'm off. Do you not think, would you not? The thing is, is that if I got the opportunity to, I find it very hard to like walk away from an opportunity. See? I'd, so- I'd, I'd rather have <laughs> 10 very scary minutes than a lifetime of regret. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like... That opportunity is scary. It's calling me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, you know, for me, if the last how many years of business have taught me anything, it's that when you feel that equal measure of fear, as we were talking about, fear and terror, the best stuff comes from it. So yeah. I think I've learned, yes. like, that's a that's a good sign, that feeling. But anyway, that's a whole tangent within itself. Thank you for joining me for this episode. <laughs> Props to people that have listened right till the end. Yes. Um just as I didn't know how to start this episode, I don't know how to end it. Any wise words you want to leave the people with? I want to say something that sounds like I've got it off a horrible Pinterest Ooh. image, but I kind of want to say that everything that you're looking for outside of yourself, you've already got it. You already have it. All of the permission and validation that you're seeking and you're wanting, you already have it within yourself. Mm. When you're able to access that and access that on a consistent basis, that's when you actually create the life of your dreams. It's something that is available to all of us, regardless of your background, your nationality, where you live in the world. It's something that all humans have the right to experience. You just have to give yourself permission to really step into that and own that for yourself. I mean, I was... (laughs) I'm kind of lost for words. I was expecting a few words and then you just come out with like, one second, I'm just going to take that clip and turn that into my alarm clock in the morning. Kyra Matthews, you have got this. You are capable. Step into it. It's within. I love that. That was a perfect note to end on. I think we just mic drop it there. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for having me as well. That was to you. I love that you just ended the podcast for me there. Do you want to tell people, you know, subscribe, leave reviews? Oh, oh my God. You actually want me to? (laughs) All right. We're done. Yay! That was so fun.